Welcome to a new conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. Don't look now, but there's a new year right around the corner, and it's coming soon. And I don't know about you, but I always start to think about what do I want to learn next year? I consider myself a lifelong learner, and usually when I say that, my wife reminds me, well, that's because you still have so much to learn. And that's a topic for our conversation today, lifelong learning. We'll be joined by Lawrence Kosick. He's the co-founder and president of Get Set Up, an online community of people who want to learn new skills, connect with others, and unlock new life experiences. There's a few things that stood out to me about this company. Number one, they have over 4,500 offerings. So if you're thinking about, well, what could I learn next year? Browse their categories. There's things in there ranging from photography, creativity, art, technology, which is really where they started, travel, cooking, fitness. You can get a lot of ideas really by just browsing the courses that they offer. And the other thing that jumped out to me is that they don't have teachers. They have guides. And these are other older adults who are teaching older adults. I thought that was interesting. Lawrence Kosick was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada, where, as a child, his father founded a nonprofit assisted living facility for older adults. He grew up spending nights and weekends visiting the facility and was amazed by the wisdom of the residents who had so much more to give. Before founding Get Set Up, Lawrence oversaw business development and partnerships for IFTTT, an IoT connectivity platform. He also led Site Machines Asian Pacific business operations and was VP of Global Partnerships at Yahoo during its early years. Lawrence, thanks for making the time to talk with us today. Joe, it is a pleasure to be here. So why is lifelong learning so important? It's a great question. And it's not as if all of our learners on Get Set Up actually identifies lifelong learners. We found that if you ask that question to a female audience, they more often will say, yes, I do identify as a lifelong learner. Uh, more of our men actually do not actually identify with that phrase. But the concept in general, which I'm a big believer in, life changes, technology changes, our circumstance change. And what are we doing to keep up with that, right? So there's a, life, there's a shelf life to the things we learn, to the products that we use, to the services that we use. We have to keep learning and evolving to make sure that we're getting the best out of life. And I think that just comes from making a habit of wanting and needing to learn new things. You mentioned technology. What ways do you see technology evolving to help enable lifelong learning even better? Well, there's a number of ways. I think that as we get older, myself included, I'm, I'm 56, you know, we become a little more set in our ways and a little bit more apprehensive around learning new things and a little bit more comfortable with things that we already know. But what other sort of new tools and technologies and platforms are being offered to sort of make our life better, make our life easier? And so, you know, the obvious one that comes to mind today is that uh, chat GPT and AI, it's going to completely change the way we access information, we access products and services, how we learn new things, how we access information. I think there's just a really... I view it as being exciting. And while it can sometimes seem a little overwhelming and a little intimidating, it's part of what we do at Get Set Up, where we sort of demystify some of this and figure out how you can learn and find tech that may actually help you out and make your life easier, whether that's around using basic apps and basic services, 
uh, that sometimes don't seem so basic, but once you learn them, you're like, oh, it's not so hard. And actually, it's really quite convenient. It, tech can enable us to do a lot of that. And while intimidating at first, it's one of the things that we had get set up to try to help with. One thing that stands out about your company to me is older adults learning from other older adults. And you don't call them teachers or instructors. You notice you call them guides. Tell me a little bit about that approach. Yes. It's an important question for us, Joe, because we wanted to create a virtual platform that was as friendly and as sort of least, uh, least intimidating as possible. Because I think that when we're trying to learn new things, especially tech, there's an intimidation factor around that. And one of the things that can be intimidating is when, you know, say somebody like myself is learning from somebody 20 or 30 years younger than me. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's going to be a fundamental difference in patience, empathy, cadence, and vocabulary. And we just thought, well, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could both reskill and upskill folks my age and older to teach these things? But also at the same time, create a learning opportunity for those who were trying to sort of understand. So an economic opportunity on one side and a learning opportunity on the other. And the wonderful byproduct of that was there was just a comfort level where everybody was, again, that same sort of patient, speed, empathy, vocabulary. There was a magic that occurred where everybody felt like no question was a dumb question. We could all spend the time needed to sort of understand similar issues or similar challenges, questions, problems. And so it just worked. And so in many ways, we call them guides to answer your original question. We call them guides because a lot of them come from our learner population. So folks come to get set up, they want to learn something new. They take five or 10 classes and then they raise their hand and they say, well, actually, I'm a retired doctor, lawyer, teacher, nurse, yoga instructor. I have some wisdom. I have some knowledge. I wouldn't mind sharing it. Can I go through your program and potentially teach on the platform? Now, not everybody does this, but a significant number do. And we feel like, well, they're helping guide others. There's less of a sort of hierarchical sort of feeling around teacher, student, when it's sort of guide and learner. And it's a nuance, but we think it's an important one. And we're all about making it as friendly and as comfortable as we can for others to learn like from folks like themselves. Makes sense. And what have you learned about what makes a great guide? Gosh, initially, Joe, we thought it was find somebody who's incredibly credentialed in whatever it is they were teaching. And while that remains important, we found passion, delivery, connection to be as much or more important. Because if it's fun, if it's interesting, if there's some passion in the class, that's contagious. If it's just one-way communication, similar to maybe that boring professor we heard drone on when we were all in university, there's less of a connection. And so we feel like hiring and working with guides who can really bring passion and excitement and connection to the class. And what have you learned about how we older adults like and don't like to learn? Oh, well, we're very honest uh, here at Get Set Up because we're great testers of technology and programming. And we jokingly, but not always jokingly, get everything wrong. We say that we get everything wrong the first time, but we quickly fix it and iterate it. And we go, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. And that worked for men, but not for women. And that worked for folks that are 
50 to 60, but not 75 to 85. Like there was a lot of learning and it, it, it continues today around what kind of classes work for whom, what kind of user interface, meaning what does the website need to look like from a layout perspective, from a feature and functionality perspective. One example, I'm 56. I have a very technical co-founder who builds a lot of the, the web tech that we use. He's 38 and he's incredibly gifted. And the mindset of a 38-year-old is to build features and functionality and show as much as you can, display as much as you can, throw it all out there. But I think that that is not, not appropriate. And we learned this together. If you simply put like the complexity for our audience is keeping it simple. Like is making sure that you showcase the one or two or three things you want folks to do. Don't don't overcrowd the experience with too many things, too many bells, too many whistles. And so we spend a lot of time thinking about what classes, what features, what functionality to to surface when, and what to suppress until it's needed. And it requires us to take a lot of discipline or have a lot of discipline. But I think that we realize everybody learns differently. We're not a sort of academic institution. We're more sort of life use case learning where we really want to provide useful things in the right context in a live interactive way so that you learn by doing in many cases. And we think that's that's a different and unique approach, especially when you're doing it with others just like you. And there's a whole host of additional things I can bore everybody with hours and hours of things that we tested, got wrong, iterated, then fixed. But uh, thinking through the unique requirements of our, our audience, myself included, and always asking, what could we do to make this easier? What could we do to reduce friction in a technology experience where we're inundated with pop-ups uh, constant software updates. Do I download this? Is it safe to download this? How do I understand this? Those were all sort of in, and remain important things for us to think through as we think about removing friction from the experience every single day. What if you made next year your best year? Be more intentional about your habits and the habits you want to create in the new year ahead. I'm offering the Tiny Habits program created by BJ Fogg at Stanford. As a group program for the first time this year, you'll find links in the show notes to register and to get more information. Take charge of your habits and make 2024 your best year. What's an example of a course that became much more popular than you expected at first? Kind of a surprise. Yeah, there's been a lot actually that have have surprised me. So we started the business just prior to the pandemic and to sort of that the quarantine and the lockdown. And as the name would suggest, get set up. We just assumed that uh, basic tech would be and that category would be the most popular. And it turns out it was for a short period of time. There's only so much sort of introduction to Zoom and introduction to Android and introduction to iPhone and tablet that that anyone wants or needs. And then then it becomes, well, what else can I now go and do? And I think what surprised us was the interesting things that people would suggest that they would also like to learn. And that that caused us to sort of quickly expand from just introduction to basic tech to then health and wellness, 
lots of fitness classes. People definitely like the convenience of figuring out how to sort of exercise at home, meditate at home, uh, chair yoga at home, whatever it happens to be. And then sort of the interesting requirements around requests around you teach certain things in tech or in some of these categories. I have some specific needs. For example, I want to either continue working or re-enter the workforce. We've never thought about ourselves as sort of being able to sort of assist with sort of workforce development. Now we do so in a very, very big way. So working with folks to help them understand what's LinkedIn, how should I use LinkedIn? Oh, it's the digital version of my resume. How can I network on LinkedIn? And we started seeing a lot of that as being sort of really interesting curriculum that folks wanted to kind of learn and do for the the next phase of their life. One thing some of my clients tell me is that they really are focused on keeping their brains sharp and they want to be challenged in a positive way. What offerings do you have that that can help people stay sharp? You know, gosh, it's a if you're learning anything new, I think you're you're working your brain in a way that we all want to and need to. And so I think just making sure that you have sort of a regular cadence at discovering and learning something new. And that could be anything from a a one to three minute short where you're learning top three tips and tricks on something. That's better than, you know, if you don't have time to take a 20 minute, 30 minute, one hour class, do some small, interesting things, but make sure you maintain that that cadence. And so finding sort of uh, subjects that you like and what we see it get set up is that people either sort of align with the subjects that they like, which is pretty natural and pretty normal, but oftentimes with the guide that they like. And so if you take that introduction to Zoom class with the guide, but then that same guide is later teaching sort of uh, introduction to blockchain, sometimes folks are not don't know much for anything about blockchain, but what gets them into that class is that they have a familiarity with that instructor, that guide, and they really just like the delivery, they're comfortable, and that's a way of discovering something new. So get in a pattern of finding a category, a guide, anything that gets you to sort of commit on a very regular basis, a few minutes a day, half an hour, 30, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it takes, and make it a regular cadence. And that is, I think, the best thing we can recommend. So you can start off by learning Zoom from a guide and end up coding months later or years later. <laughs> you like that guy. Well, so Joe, the most extreme example of this actually is is my father. And he's at the very, very extreme upper end of our demographic. He's 93, but he has a voracious appetite for tech. So he started with an introduction to Zoom. And then he's a perfect example of somebody who really liked the instructor. And now he tells me about the cryptocurrency classes he goes to or the blockchain classes he goes to. And he really just goes to them because he loves the instructor. But, but that's the same for sort of the, the 50 and 60-year-old folk that visit our sites so very often, they find something they like or they find an instructor they like. And oftentimes, it's the people that they meet in those classes that become sort of a, a fun support group, and they encourage each other to take more sort of similar classes together. And we like that socialization because it's, it's good to know that sometimes folks who, who need to meet, want and need to meet new people, they can learn together and be supportive together. And that brings up a good point about social connectivity. Tell us about how the sites creates community? Yeah. So the honest answer, Joe, is when we set out to to build and launch Get Set Up, we didn't really think or plan to address loneliness or social isolation. Actually, we still don't really think of ourselves primarily doing that. 
but it is a huge byproduct of what we do. And now we love that this, that this occurs. If you bring people onto a platform and into a class and it's interactive, it's fun, it's engaging, it's with others that are similar to them or going through similar things that they are. There's, there's a bond, there's a, a way to easily sort of identify and connect with those folks. They start to become friends. And if people start to learn together and the byproduct of that is they make five new friends in the first month or two and they come back and take classes together, I think we can obviously discern from that that there's some socialization going on and there's some positive connection because they're both making friends and then learning together. So that is something, I don't know why it surprised us. Perhaps we're not all that smart, Joe, but but we started out as a learning platform and we realized that interactive learning together with others like you really does create the magic that creates sort of this sort of social connection and friendship. And what are some of the most interesting courses people should know about? Well, I'm going to guess that what might be interesting to some is not necessarily interesting to others. But thankfully, we have 4,500 different classes on the on the platform in multiple languages. So there's always likely always something for everybody. Like so for me, as an example, I, I have been playing around and experimenting with some of the introduction to AI classes and what is Chat GPT and what can we do with it. But I will also regularly bounce into a, a finance class. Like I sat in on one the other day with a really wonderful instructor, and it was about option trading, of which I know very little about. But I, I thought it was fun to sort of sit in in a class and learn a little bit about that. Eating for longevity, like things that you can do slight modifications to your diet, whether it be when you're going out or healthy cooking at home. Uh, Always fun, interesting. There's always really wonderful recipes being showcased on the platform. Like our community actually suggests a lot of things. And so they be these really interesting things become new topics and new classes. And so in many ways, we crowdsource whatever it is we're going to offer next, which is why we've got so many classes on the platform. But I think that you know, there's a lot of classes around financial literacy, financial security, the things that, that you think about, and I find those really interesting. So I, I am excited to read your book and really dig in there because I think that your audience thinks a lot about sort of the things that we think about on a daily basis that get set up. And last question, if you have a minute, what's new in 2024? There's always a lot of new things going on because we think it's important to constantly take suggestions from the community about what else they're trying to solve for, what else they're trying to learn. And that forces us to sort of never have anything get too stale because there's always new products, new services, new apps, new programs. Like think about how often the apps on our phone are updated or something new and cool comes out. Well, that's likely to turn into a suggestion of something that we're going to teach or should teach, right? So. So the curriculum in and of itself is always evolving. But I think that what else you'll see in 2024 is we'll start offering different modalities of programming so that you know everything is not a one hour and not a one hour class. And we've actually already started to do this for lots of 20 minutes, 10 minutes. There's even like sort of what we call these one to three minute shorts, which if you think about sort of that TikTok format, but with a educational overlay, like what are the things you need to know about Gmail, top three things, and be able to sort of digest that in one, two, or three minutes, or LinkedIn, or Facebook, or Instagram, or uh, tips and tricks for finding a job. 
there'll be different sort of formats, long and short, interactive, on-demand articles, just everything that we see people wanting when they have either more time to do a designated class or just need something really quick to sort of stimulate some interest and then get on with their day. Well, thank you for bringing all this to our attention. Great to hear more about what you're building, what you're delivering. 4,500 offerings. That's impressive. It's too many, right? <laughs> it's a lot, Joe. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. and <laughs> There is indeed. Anyone who thinks that they know it all can visit, your, visit get set up and, and see that that's probably not the case. So thank you again, Lawrence. Great to meet you. Thank you, Joe. Really appreciate you having me on the show today. Time for takeaways. A few actionable ideas to move forward following this conversation today. Number one, what do you want to learn next year? There are indeed a lot of possibilities, and this time of year is a great time to be thinking about it, making a list, and exploring options and possibilities. The best place to start? Follow your curiosity. Look at what's out there. Look at what you'd be really interested in learning more about in 2024. You'll find the link to Lawrence's company in the show notes if you want to start there. Number two, how do you prefer to learn? I personally like this idea of guides, but how do you like to learn? Lawrence pointed out, as adults, we tend to prefer to learn by doing, learn from experience, but give some thought to your preferred learning style. Is it a longer course? Is it a shorter course? What's the best way for you to learn and experiment with that and perhaps another option? Thanks for listening to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. The mission here is to help you retire smarter by focusing on the non-financial side of retirement planning. Diving into things like lifelong learning can really enhance your life in retirement. You can find all of our episodes at our website, retirementwisdom.com. Thanks for listening. 